Hey everyone, just a heads up that this episode contains explicit content. But you already knew that, didn't you? This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. We're off to a good start. All right. Tonight. Wait, hang on. I'm typing loudly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I guess I could mute. <laughs> Whatevs. <laughs> you know, how, how are you feeling? Just go with that vibe. It's cool. Are those words that you'd say? I don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> tonight on Rogue Padron, uprooting a plant after picking a single blossom... Cornhorn, super predator. Force dick energy. That's <laughs> <laughs> some big FD. Listen. That's, that's what I tweeted at myself yesterday. Meg Sublap, get your own show, no joke. <laughs> Good one. Uh, Kubez, Zirconia, hut, but make it fashion. Dustin Dreams, Bitch Hold My Cloak, Spicewood versus Night Sweat, and Booster Horn. Those were all really good this week. <laughs> wow, only this week. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> I mean, they're good every week, but they're very good this week. They're very good this week. Finally, some good material to use. Hello, glisteners! <laughs> Welcome to uh, Season 69, Episode 422 of <laughs> <laughs> Is it 422 or 423? It's 422. It was 421 last time. Okay. Yeah. Um, Our continuity AKA, is very confusing. Yeah. Do not try to listen to these in episode number order. <laughs> it's all over the place. Oh my god, we should have a flashback episode just to throw everyone off. <laughs> episode 419, no. <laughs> it's also, thankfully... The last episode of iPodron, because this is, we are going through chapters 42 through epilogue of iJedi by Mike Stackpole tonight. The editor is going to insert a hallelujah chorus here. Perfect. Finally free. <laughs> so we're very excited to finish doing this, but first... <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely said that to some people before. <laughs> All right. Um, it's a bad night. Okay, uh, but first, a quick reminder of your host. That's our flashback episode. If <laughs> <laughs> Danny... Rogue Six was an item you bring to the beach. He'd be a pair of aqua socks because he's fun and educational and can go into the tide pools very easily. Yes. Yes. Are aqua like socks like socks you wear in the water? Yeah, they're like shoes that you can wear in the water and they're supposed Are they to get... Are weird shoes with like, that you have toe holes in? No. <laughs> no, they got like little toes. No. I don't know. 
Those are Vibrams. Those are Vibram five finger shoes. Oh, okay. Those freak me out. They got yeah. I they work though. I had a pair um, because I'm a friggin' bro, and but let's not talk about that. Okay, but for real, exploring intertidal pools is my favorite pastime. I like I said. I spent so many hours searching for a blue ringed octopus. Ooh. No luck. No, we didn't. I know. That's why I wanted to find it. You weren't going to poke it. I've always wanted to see one of those. It could seem really cool. It's okay. He's wearing aqua socks. I can't get him. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That'll protect me from the most venomous (laughs) octopus on the planet. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, Heath Rook 3 would be a dino-shaped inner tube with matching baby dino floating cocktail holders because he knows how to have fun in style. Why don't I own that? I don't know, because you're often at a pool, so... (laughs) Fix your life, Heath. (sighs) Staff Rook 7 would be a huge picnic lunch because everyone is always the most excited to see her. Aww. Also, I love food. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's why everyone's so excited. Because food is the best. The best. I say, I'm literally eating chocolate right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) fine. We all had ice cream before this except Heath. Um, and I'm Meg, rogue leader, and I would be a pack full of sunscreen, aloe, water bottles, and large floppy sun hats because I might not contribute to the fun, but I do make sure everyone is feeling okay. You contribute to the post-beach fun because everybody's not in pain. Suffering. <laughs> yeah. You like make sure that we can have fun continuously. Yeah. Yeah. Time. <laughs> Keep the fun I need going. that in my life. Yes, I know. I get sunburned every summer. Well, <laughs> speaking of suffering, I have a question <laughs> about Star Wars. Yes! That is suffering. Uh, we got a lot of news since last episode. Do we want to talk about um, Padme or the Clone Wars or Mandalorians? Oh, none of this are things that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> is there another option? <laughs> Was that the end of the list? <laughs> um, Vader's Haunted Castle? Well, that, that was a thing, was. right? Episode 9 is a thing. Oh yeah, it's casting for episode 9. Hey, yes. we got oh, casting yeah, news for episode thing. 9. We, cool. got, we got confirmed that Carrie Russell is going to be the daughter of Yaddle and Yoda. Yes. <laughs> so yes that was yeah, I'm confirmed. so excited about that. They were really great about how they just uh, decided not to mystery box a bunch of important information, like the fact that we'll see Forrest Ghost Luke, and they told us what they're going to do with Carrie Fisher, and most importantly, that Carrie Russell is the daughter of Yoda and Yaddle. <laughs> I'm so glad they didn't Wait. keep that in the mystery box. <laughs> were, two of those things real? Yes. <laughs> the question right is now, which wait. two? Is the Force Ghost thing real? Well, they confirmed that Mark Hamill is going to be in episode nine, so I'm oh, guess I'm okay. jumping to a conclusion. I here. have missed you most are. of this news. That's because Star Wars Twitter's bad, actually. Also, yeah. Um, yeah. So they. So the, every time the I come release. On Twitter. Star Wars Twitter is doing some shit. Like every time I come on, I'm like, okay. We're not talking about Star Wars Twitter today because God. It's just Star Wars. Um, the release confirmed that all the people that we would expect are going to be back as well as Mark Hamill and also Billy D. Williams was officially confirmed and then it also mentioned that Carrie Fisher they're going to use unused footage from The Force Awakens in order to wrap up Leia's role in the last movie um I really appreciated that they forgot Carrie Russell the first time around (laughs) oh they it, they actually, well, okay, I'm, I'm going to try really hard not to use the word actually when I say this. So what happened was they hadn't 
um, confirmed her contract until literally minutes after that got posted. Yes. Oh I, I saw that as well, but also that's just some timing. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag timing. That is some unfortunate timing right there. Yeah. I would rather pretend they forgot her. That's yeah. funnier. I think <laughs> so much funnier. And did they confirm Greg Grunberg in this article? <laughs> they did not. I mean, that was confirmed oh. when they confirmed J.J. Abrams. That's so fair. I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed at some point. Like, oh. it feels like it's been confirmed. Yeah. Snacks warmly. <laughs> the entire cast of Lost is essentially confirmed at this point. <laughs> Can we just see the like episode like, nine <laughs> ends with an X-wing like crash landing on an island in the tropical Pacific? I mean, I'd watch that, <laughs> even if it was Greg Grunberg. Maybe, <laughs> maybe depends. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars Episode Nine. I. It's still really far away. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. Um, Solo very far away. So, like, I don't want to get too excited about it. And I yeah. definitely do not want to start speculating on it. Yeah, um, it's too early for that shit. Also, wait, was Benicio or Del Toro in the cast list? No. He wasn't. No, I want more DJ. <laughs> I do. I like cool. that dirty boy. <laughs> <laughs> Has this never come up before on the podcast? Both hygienically and morally. Both, yeah, I'm into it. It sure has not come up on this podcast before. (laughs) Oh. Oh my gosh, I am like chin hands right now. Like, (laughs) tell me more, tell me more. I don't know, I just, I'm really into him. I don't know why I like DJ so much, but I really like DJ. He's awful. I know, and I'm into it. Also mentioned in the press release, worth noting, was that Billy Lord was was called out by name, which is interesting. Probably means that they're going to give her more presence, which is kind of cool. And then also newcomer Naomi Aki, who is a young woman of color actress who doesn't have any large credits to her name before, but it's exciting to see, even if we all assume that this means she's going to die before the end of the movie. I mean, Kelly Marie Tran didn't really have any big roles beforehand as well. Right. No, I mean, because she's a woman of color, she's going to die by the end oh, of the I see. Or be an alien in prosthetics, one or the she's other. Like, God. Or I'm maybe so- maybe in a coma, because they, they, that was progress, I guess. Rose was only in a coma at the end of episode eight. I hate Star Wars. <laughs> Same. Ugh. <laughs> 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 uh, She's, Naomi's really pretty, though. <laughs> she is so cute. Oh, my God. She's pretty. I definitely will have a crush on her, 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm right with you there. The moment they start bringing her out with, like, press tour stuff, like, oh, I'm yeah. Gonna die. I'm going to, like, every outfit she wears, I'll just be like, oh, what a queen, every time. <laughs> she wear, like, a potato sack, and I'll just be like, oh, what a queen. Oh, my God. You know what's really exciting about the new movie, though, is that Rose is going to get a new outfit, probably. Rose is going to get a new outfit! New Rose outfit! Oh, my God. Please make it something I actually want to wear, though. Yeah, make it something more cute. Because Rose is cute, and she deserves cute clothes. She deserves the cutest things. Ugh. Now I want to draw. Okay, anyway. In conclusion, (laughs) we're excited for episode nine because Rose is going to change outfits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Correct. The end. That's it. That's all there is. Great. Well, speaking of things that really need to end, let's <laughs> jump right in 
let's fins up all in to chapter 42 of I Jedi. Yay. So Elagos, Elagos Akla, um, sits corn down and explains the Kamasi memory printing as Memni and that they can be transferred between Kamasi, which is why they're able to find peaceful solutions to things because they can be super empathetic and understanding. It turns out the Kamasi Jedi Neha Halcyon worked with was Elagos' uncle. The Kamasi were able to transfer Memnis, that's plural I guess, to Jedi, uh, which made them very special. Elagos was able to recognize Korn as a relative of Neha because of a menmi he had gotten from his uncle. There are so many words in that sentence. <laughs> yep. I only understand some of them. And I had to say them all out loud. <laughs> you sure did. I um, love that that's the point we are at in this book, by the way. That the most yeah. commentary we can provide is, Meg had to say words out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book. It's a book. Uh, Yila... <laughs> Elenic had died on Alderaan when it was destroyed by the Death Star and Korn asks if Elagos can share the menmi of his grandfather with him. Elagos declines saying Korn isn't enough of a Jedi and they're not good enough friends for that yet. Besides it's of Neha's death which maybe Korn shouldn't deal with right now. Korn realizes he has to make a new lightsaber, and he might have the means to do so in Rostek's secret plant files. Elagos will go through them while Korn's hands heal and he does some Raycon. Korn has a pretty easy time going around. Everyone wants his favor, knowing that he's going to be Tavira's next bang bro. The Restar Raiders are pretty okay, but Shala the Hutt's gang is awful. The Black Star Pirates keep to themselves, hanging out in the secret back room of their bar. Corrin doesn't want to use the Force yet until he's really on the offensive. He wants to be careful how he does things because he knows that some of the invids are just folks who ended up in the wrong crowd, like Kate and Timser. He wants to give them a chance to leave. Corrin starts to formulate his plan, who he's going to strike first and how to do it. The next step is to build a lightsaber. Thankfully, materials were no problem, but the original way of making a lightsaber is supposed to take at least a month to assemble the power core using the Force. Elagos, the real MVP, finds a two-day version the Jedi had developed during the Clone Wars, where time was of the essence and all the dummies kept losing their sabers. Okay, Anakin. Anakin. It was all for Anakin. Entirely Anakin. (laughs) Urgency without panic, action without thoughtlessness. Korn successfully puts the lightsaber together, keeping the same silver blade as his grandfather's. As he does it, he accepts the responsibility of becoming a Jedi. He had to do what was right for the galaxy, not just what would be the greatest good for the greatest number of people. He would always be on the clock, always have to live up to the Jedi ideals of service and justice. He completes the saber in two and a half days, Elagos covering for him, saying that he's just been real drunk and real sick the whole time. While Korn was constructing lightsaber, Elagos made him green and black Jedi robes to go with his 133-centimeter <laughs> lightsaber. I love that it had to be stated. Yeah, I mean, we all know why it had to be stated, right? Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> like, imagine, imagine being someone who was actually invested in this book and then getting to this point and realizing that it was all just a giant metaphor for a penis. <laughs> I mean, they'd probably be like, yeah. I think if right. you're actually invested in this book, you're invested in that. 
That's a good point. Big force energy. <laughs> Corin decides to lean into being drunk, or at least his facade of doing it. As long as he's not more annoying and loses at Sabak and gives out to Vera's money and gifts, everyone likes him and no one finds him to be a threat. Corn is targeting the survivors first because he knows them the best, and they're also the least likely to break. If he can make them worried, he can definitely spook the rest of them. One night at Crash Cantina, Corn is sitting in the back drinking and chatting with Jacob Knife. Star Wars character Jacob Knife. Yes, Star Wars Wars name Jacob Knife. They're a little closed off from the rest of the crowd, with a third chair hidden from everyone else's view except theirs. Corn uses the Force to project the image of Captain... Zlens Unar. That's a Star Wars name. There we go. Into Jacob Knives, a Star Wars character's mind. Complete with the gold coin Jacob had stuffed in his mouth before he threw him out the airlock of their old ship. He delivers the warning that Doom is coming to Corcus and they're all going to get theirs. Corcus. Okay, I have so many things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you may have forgotten, but Corrin's on a rescue mission to find his wife. <laughs> Really? But right I now don't think he is anymore. <laughs> right now he's in a cantina, and not only is he like chilling in a cantina, but he has had enough time to learn how to use the force to the point where he is able to project imagery into other people's minds. Pretty easily, actually. Right. Like he did that in combat last week too. And I'm just like And that's that's the rarest of the Jedi skills. Right. That's not an easy skill. Like this must have taken years to perfect. Like Mirax is literally 150 years old at this point. She's dead. She's just straight up dead. Oh, if, well, I don't want to say if only because I feel bad for Murex, but oh, I kind of just want Korra to get there and be like, wait, what? It's been how long? <laughs> it's been she's 84 just, years. She's just been sitting at home, like, waiting for him real right, mad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the divorce papers are on the table and everything. She it's up, fine. She came up, like, the day after he left to go find her. <laughs> right. Ugh. Oh, buddy. Rumors and stories of the visitation spread quickly. The pirates are taking the warning to heart. Corn waits until one night where Kate and Timster are dragging his drunk ass back to Elagos before slipping out in his Jedi robes. Corn goes out hunting for some bad guys, with the force making his senses even greater than before. He finds two laser lords assaulting a woman, which, thanks, great, I'm so glad this was included as the crime. Cool, um, love it. As he beats them up using his lightsaber, just badly enough for them to be terrified. How do you he lightly makes... beat someone up with a lightsaber? It's just like, you just like burn a hole in their <laughs> shoulder, like, it's fine. Just like graze them on. <laughs> just take off the first layer of skin. It's a, it's a light burn. <laughs> he makes sure at least that she gets home safe. And then he passes on the message that Doom has come to Corcus and that the victims of the Invids shall be avenged. Kate and Tim Sir barge into Korn's quarters the next morning telling him what happened. Korn's plan's actually going pretty well. The laser lords... not plan anymore. Like, what is he trying to achieve right now? Listen, it's whatever Korn wants. Gain <laughs> status in the gang? Mm, but no one knows he's doing this. He does, and that's what matters. It is. Corn's opinion of himself is all that matters. He'll have um, 140 centimeters before you know it. Oh, jeez. Corn's plan is going well. The Laser Lords have a grand story of what happened, striking fear and bravado into the hearts of the pirates. The Avenger 
has a 10K credit reward on their head. Corrin wants to make it higher, of course. Corrin manages to spook some pirates pretty good, including sneaking his way into the secret room of the Black Star Pirates, bumping the bounty on him to 100K. But Shala the Hutt has picked up on the Jedi's weakness, that he hasn't actually killed anyone yet. Shala says that he has a plan to get rid of him, and fortifies their warehouse so much that not even Tavira could know what's going on in there. We had a wraith named Shala, didn't we? We did. It was with two L's, though. Okay. My headcanon now is that they're one and the same. Oh, I like Shala, though. The wraiths were so, like, absorbed in all their issues that they never noticed that Shala was actually a hut. No! <laughs> don't say those things about Shala Nelprin! <laughs> Ugh. I miss the wraiths. Anyway. Uh, Big Corrin- yeah. That's the biggest mood. Corrin is going to face Shala the Hutt directly in the warehouse. Elagos is against Corrin going because he's giving up his element of surprise, and there are too many possibilities out of his control. Corrin says he'll figure it out, but he knows that someone is going to die, just hopefully only the beings who deserve it. Not very Jedi-like, Corrin Horn. Not, that's not a Jedi thing to say. Corrin walks into the warehouse, an obvious trap, and faces Shala and his goobers. Shala has set up a dead hut switch. Ugh. And <laughs> I hate it. Just don't use that phrase. Like, I I get it, because I guess Shala's not a man, but like, but do like, you have to? Do you have to? <laughs> just make it, just call something else. We already know it's a trap, just say it's a trap. Anyway, supposedly there's enough explosives to level a kilometer. Corrin assesses, and while they are, they'll certainly all die, no one else in the immediate area is in any danger. Corrin twists his saber, and it over doubles in length. <laughs> wow. They, they did give the exact centimeters, but I did not write it down because I do not care. <laughs> Corrin is going to be an ad in the seediest parts of the internet now. <laughs> I just, I just, I can't even believe that this actually happened. What? He needed a bigger dick to defeat the hut. <sighs> Who among um, us? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he does it in order to cut the detonation remote in Shala's hand in half. Unfortunately, which maybe Corn's pretty used to this, the saber just sputters out and goes away. <laughs> You know, that happens. That happens sometimes. Wow. Yeah. Call your doctor. <laughs> Sounds um, like Meg had that happen once. <laughs> listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, Shala was surprised enough to just drop the remote. Unfortunately, again. I, mean, I would be surprised too. <laughs> If someone dick just doubled in length, yeah, that's pretty surprising. Um, I just keep thinking about that Star Wars experience hashtag right now. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> Bringing it back. Uh, but unfortunately, this means that the remote drops and it sets off all of the explosives. <laughs> Honestly, you're all idiots. Corrin Horn, an idiot. Uh, Corrin taps into the force to absorb what he can. Uh, 
it starts to overwhelm him, so he channels it uh, back out to give him telekinetic powers to make a fire tornado. Cool. He successfully channels all of the explosives away. Cord is just straight up the most powerful force user we've ever seen. Why could he do that, but Kanan couldn't? Just say. Uh, because Kanan had like a better storyline and people who loved him and a child. So, you know, <laughs> he had to die, apparently. Because Kanan's storyline wasn't a giant metaphor for a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Honestly. Or was it? I haven't seen the last season of Rebels, so maybe. (laughs) That's a really unfortunate metaphor for a dick, then. Yeah, I mean, a time-traveling dick, maybe, but... Wait, there's time travel? Anyway. Oh, sweet sweet summer, Meg. (laughs) With the excess of force energy, Corrin pushes an image into as many minds as possible of the explosion and of a huge Jedi and his huge lightsaber, which is the fire tornado. (laughs) (laughs) This has straight up devolved into Cornhorn fan fiction about himself. Oh my god. We've given him the worst power is that he could create fanfiction for himself in people's minds. That's the most Corrin thing, though. They see it as truth. Um, And then when the tornado dies down, that's really the Jedi extinguishing his lightsaber and looking all like menacing and probably also sexy. Um, And... So now that that's done, Corrin is super exhausted, has no force power, and also very naked. Why does this keep happening to him? The, again, <laughs> this is just straight up Corrin fanfic. <laughs> because, you know, the fire tornado burned all of his clothes off. Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. His force powers could only protect his skin, not his clothes. Not his, not his clothes. His friend spent so much effort making those robes for him. I know! I just... Elagos does not deserve this. Um, I, I, saw, I saw a tweet the other day that was like, me reading fanfic to... to uh, oh boy, I gotta get this right. Two like, um, congenial colleagues show up at a work function and have to share a hotel room and there's only one bed. What will happen? And, mm-hmm. and every time I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I just imagine like Corrin Horn fanfic being the same way. Like Corrin Horn shows up and suddenly there's a fiery tornado. What will happen? And all the are like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know what's going to happen. And every time he ended up naked and they're like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Twist. Um, yep, that's exactly what it is. But also they're going to share a bed for sure. And... <laughs> Oh, that's a good trope. Anyway, um, good trope. let's see, where were we? Oh, he stumbles into the streets, still naked with his lightsaber, feeling vulnerable because he has a lightsaber, uh, because he's definitely super fine with being naked and very used to it. Just put it in nature's pocket, you're fine, bro. <laughs> what is nature's pocket? <laughs> it's nature's pocket, dude. What? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> That's going to require some elaboration. I don't think it does. Oh, no. Oh, man. Is that not a normal phrase? Oh. It sure is not. (laughs) Put it in your pocket, bro. Oh, my. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I hate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I want to go back to a time when I had never heard that. <laughs> Sorry, I can't give you that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I hate, oh, God, it's so bad. <sighs> oh, my stomach hurts from laughing now. It <laughs> <laughs> better be the episode title this week. <laughs> Put it in nature's pocket. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not going to bring it up. We're not we're just going to keep going. Um, Corn hits a dead end after he tries to flee from some people and has to stand there with while some ladies giggle at his lightsaber. Of course. His man lightsaber, not the actual, like, metal one. No, yeah, no, we got it. Let's keep going. He knows for sure that he's going <laughs> to get fast out, get Elagos and the Kamasi plant destroyed, and then Mirex will be killed. Is it why would she be killed? Like, who knows what the fuck's happening anymore? It doesn't matter. Mirax is, like, just has a bad time. Um, also, imagine getting your plan found out in this way because you're naked on the street. Yeah. Don't even worry, though, because Elagos is there and saves the day, snatching the lightsaber right out of Corrin's hand while he calls him a drunk and demands to know where the rest of his speeder bike is. The ladies laugh even harder and saunter away. I really want Mirax to just, like, walk up in this moment and, like, see Corrin laying naked on the ground and just be like, hey, what you doing? Hey, buddy. And Corrin just be like, I'm in the process of saving you. And she's and like, Wedge, like, Wedge, Wedge uh, even uh, got me, like, three months ago. Right. Also, I'm married to Wedge now. <laughs> we thought, we thought you, were- you were gone. <laughs> 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 we didn't think you were coming back, so that's what Wedge does. That's a Wedge. He's up all in on that. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Elagos had been touched by Corin's vision and figured that he needed some help. He carries Corin. 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 Uh, that's his name. He carries Corin. <laughs> I, I, I sure it's his name? We've only had a whole book without it. <laughs> I, I guess it's just his fake name in this. So He's I had like I've... 17 different names in this book. <laughs> yeah, Genos. Um, Corrin manages to get his lightsaber working again, but not with the fancy extendo blade. Elagos asks why he would even want that, because it seems super impractical. And Corrin admits that it's because his ego... Because Gantoris did it, and he needed to be at least as big or better. <laughs> he's Corrin. Uh, I mean, at least he he's aware. Yeah. Character development. Mm, it never is. Elagos forces Corrin to admit that he handled the situation wrong. He would have been fine if it was just Corrin Horn, a pilot. But he's Cornhorn, a Jedi, and he put a lot of people at risk. Good news, Kate and Timster have become girlfriends and took the hyperdrive-enabled TIE Defenders and left. Mostly because Corn kept implying that he was banging them and that they would feel Tavira's wrath. Oh my god. Thanks, Corin. Solid job as usual, Mr. (laughs) Horn. Tavira comes in the next day, but it's not surprisingly for a booty call. 
She scolds Corrin that he should have taken care of the Jedi problem. He's to organize the remaining pirates against him, and then she'll deal with him herself. Also, he needs to sober up and fly straight, because what a mess. (laughs) Who among us? (laughs) I mean, fair. Also, that he should kill Jacob Knife, a Star Wars character, and assume control because he's become a broken man. Wow. Yeah. Corrin rallies, bribing, threatening, or just encouraging everyone to toughen up and be ready to fight the Jedi. He has a plan to defeat him, and everyone is putting their trust into Vera in him. Corrin needs to plot his own death at the hands of the Jedi, something probably super gross, so that's cool. He goes back to Crash Cantina and terrorizes poor Jacob Nive, a Star Wars character again, and warns them all that Corrin will meet the same fate as Shala and then sets a fire. <laughs> Why did he have to also ruin the bar? <laughs> That's someone's livelihood, Corrin. That was an yeah. actual honest barkeep. <laughs> this, this last section of chapter should have been subtitled Corrin Horn's Cry for Help. <laughs> This really is a weird bender. Cor- Cornhorn reaches rock bottom. He's having a weird time. <laughs> As he makes his escape, a group of five spots him and follows him. They don't fall for his tricks, and as Corn warns them to leave him or face the consequences, five lightsabers ignite and they start coming toward him. What? Why do okay, but how big were they? Yeah, how big were they? <laughs> Not as they big were, as Corin's. No, they were 134 centimeters. Oh. 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 <laughs> poor like poor right little buddy. <laughs> Grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> a six lightsaber appears and surprises Luke. Wow. Who? Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight. Oh, I forgot he that he was in this. Him? <laughs> it was like 12 years ago. He it's helps Luke Corrin. and Luke's son and Luke's two grandchildren. <laughs> Everyone's happy. He helps Corin beat up these force randos. Even better surprise, though, it's Oral! Yes! Apparently, Luke had a vision that if he came to this place, him and Corn would be allies in the Force. But he also had no idea when he was supposed to come to this place. Right. Oral, the is so helpful. Yeah. Oral, who is a Feinsman, remember, that was a key fact dropped 20 oh years ago. God, I forgot about that. <laughs> felt when this needed to happen, so he got Luke and Luke pointed them here. Imagine just getting a feeling of when something needs to happen, but not quite knowing what that thing is. And just being be like, I know a thing needs to happen right so at the So frustrating. I'm gonna go get Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I need to get Luke, because this thing needs to happen right now. Can you imagine going to Wedge, and not even Wedge, to Taiko, and just being like, I need to go? <laughs> <laughs> I know something, I know that something is gonna happen right at this moment. I need and, to go. And like, Taiko, who is like capital T tired, is just like, yeah, fine. Do what you need to do. <laughs> Whatever. We've already lost Corrin. Just go. Yeah, just leave. <laughs> they carry the Force randos back to Corrin's hotel and meet Elagos. Oral goes and brings back a Salamiri. And Luke explains that they make a bubble to cut off the Force to protect them from predators on their own planet. A.K.A. read the Thrawn trilogy. Luke thinks that this will shake up the randos enough that Corrin's interrogation will work on them. It's Luke's job to look mean in the corner, which 
great job for Luke Skywalker, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the bad cop, right? Yeah, definitely Luke Skywalker, bad cop. <laughs> Imagine Luke trying to look mean, that sweet boy. <laughs> so cute. Um, as Corrin starts his interrogation of the slender and beautiful woman who held the red lightsaber. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Stack. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You're, you're doing great. He catches that she's protecting her people and that she's afraid of Tavira and what she'll do. Corrin tries to scare her about losing her force powers forever and also hints that they've already failed and Tavira doesn't accept it either way. Does she want to fail now and cause her people's destruction or does she want to be helpful to a couple cool dudes who are able to defeat her and may also be able to defeat Tavira too? Why does she have a red lightsaber? Because it looks nice. Okay. So in in the expanded universe, the lightsaber color is dependent on the gems that you use to make your lightsaber. So if, like for instance, Jaina Solo also has a red lightsaber. So the Sith just found red gems for the aesthetic. Yeah. Oh my god. They just thought it looked good. Yeah. I definitely prefer the new the new. I set. don't. I really like that. Like you can choose your saber's color and that it's much more variant. I really like that. Um, but that's also because of like reading on Jedi Knights and like they go, they go into depth of when they're making their lightsabers and like why their lightsabers are those colors. And it's very nice. I like the idea of a color picking me because yeah. I don't have to choose a color. Cause I hate choosing things. I want a yellow. I hate making anyway. <laughs> Give me a silver lightsaber. Not because Corrin has one, because mm-hmm. I've been wanting one for so long. Mm-hmm. God damn it, Corrin. So, Force Rando Red, who we learn is a Gensari, breaks co- breaks enough for Corrin to break the rest of them and get the information that he wants. The Gensari are a group that also train in the Force and build their own lightsabers, but their important tradition is making their own armor to resemble an animal they fight like. Tavira had dropped down on their planet after running from the New Republic. She killed the Moff in charge, and then the Gen Sarai's head, the Sarai car, went to Tavira. Of course, Tavira lied to them to gain their trust and exploited them, saying that if they didn't work for her, she'd just murder the entire planet. Cool. They had sensed Mirak's intentions and grabbed her at Nalhutta. The Sarai car convinced Tavira to keep her in a coma in the palace of their homeworld rather than kill her. So Susevi, gosh, is Corin and Luke's next stop. What was Merrick's intentions again? That she was going to find out where Tavira was so she can report back to the New Republic. Oh my god. <laughs> Who knows? So. Yes. Mirax has basically been in the other room the entire time Corin has been here. I mean, he's not at the palace yet, but yeah, basically. So, Corrin was basically going to sleep with Tavira in order to get to Mirax, who was literally right in that room over there the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. Corrin's not a bright man. I think we figured this out by now. It's because he's a blonde right now. Thank goodness Corrin spent months and months and months getting in with this <laughs> gang and building status with this gang and getting into bar fights and comparing his dick with other dicks. <laughs> While his wife was literally right in that room, right over there. <laughs> Danny mad. <laughs> why is she just keeping Mirax just in a room? Like, why did they convince her to keep her in a coma? Why is all of this happening? Because Tavira would kill her otherwise. Because she got invested. Who cares? She was like, look at Corrin Tavira Horn's kills everyone. totally That's elaborate true. rescue plan. I want to see if this actually plays out. 
And then it just kept going and going. And it's like when your favorite TV show gets to like season 12 or 13 and you're like, well, I can't stop watching now because I've been invested this long. Or like The Office season five. Right. Yeah. It's like the sunken cost fallacy. It's exactly what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's when you pour so much time and effort into something that you're like, I have to keep going with it yes. now. Yes, yes, yes. I've done that. So they can't take the Gen Sarai with them, so they go to Jacob Nive, a Star Wars character, and reveal Corrin as Karen Halcyon and offer him a new start with the New Republic if he agrees to watch over the Gen Sarai with the help of the Salamiri. He accepts, seeing that the survivors are just becoming thieves now that the Imperial remnants are weakening. Jacob Nive, a Star Wars character, wants to know how Corrin thinks he's going to be successful, especially with just the two of them. Corrin says, that's my wife. So he has to, and they also got some friends. <laughs> they send a message to the Elder Kraken to let him know that where that they know where the Invidious is and that they're going to take it down. But he doesn't tell him tell the Elder Kraken where yet because they want to make sure they can get to Mirax before Tavira is tipped off that she's not safe anymore. So they leave that info with Jacob Nive, a Star Wars character. Corrin also calls Booster, letting him know that they're going to get Mirax, and he'll bring her back to the Air Adventure for, to rest within a couple of days. She's been resting this whole time, Corrin. She does not need to rest. She's a woman of action. Right. She was literally just in that room right there this whole time. She's been taking a real long nap. Elagos and Oral have become BFFs, mostly commiserating about taking care of Corrin. <laughs> Cornhorn, a human disaster. Elagos goes along with them as a second pilot since Luke and Corrin will be hidden by the, the Salamiri force bubble. While hanging out in the back of the ship, Corrin apologizes to Luke for never really letting him train him. He let his expectations of what the Jedi Academy should be get in the way. Luke accepts, but says it's unnecessary, as he's also learned that parallel paths aren't bad, they're still heading in the same direction. Oral and Elagos insist on going with the Jedi since Elagos has an amazing sense of smell, and Oral can see much better. So they are able to navigate without using the Force and showing themselves. I don't even, I already forgot what context, and I read this yesterday. But at one point, someone says, Krillians don't know when to keep their mouth shut. And Oral says, some Krillians do. Which I just thought was savage. And I'm really <laughs> Oral, like, has become worthy of sassing others. Thank God. Bless Oral's soul. Bless Oral. They successfully break into the palace during a huge firefight. Elagos, of course, has his blaster set to stun because he doesn't need those memories of, like, murdering a whole bunch of folks. At least that sweet boy. He's so good. They manage to find the prisoner storage and find Mirax's room. Luke uses a Jedi technique to get her out of the hibernation trance as Corrin smooches her in her sleep, which, oh even if you're married, not great. It's still creepy, dude. Also, oh my god, they finally found her. Yeah, look how easy that was. Corin using the famed force technique of true love's first kiss. Look how nothing actually, like, it didn't come together to tell an interesting, complex story to lead up to finding Merrick's. It just kind of was thrown into a pile. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, the Jedi are back. And I was like, why though? They don't need to be. But why though? So, Mirax wakes up, and she's 100% completely fine. What if Mirax is Ixakun? <laughs> I would really <laughs> like to, that plot. Just to it. bring it back. Just to bring it back to the earlier stuff. Uh, she's, like, not even feeling stiff or sore for being in a room for a million years. 
Um, and Luke thinks that she is fun and reminds him of Mara. They head look toward out the- for your girl, Corin. Luke's yeah. coming for her. They head toward the tower of the palace because there's a landing pad there, and they can probably steal some speeder bikes to get back to the ship. Uh, On the way up, Tavira sees them through security cams and is super mad about it, especially when she realizes that Corrin was the Jedi on Corcus. Oops. Mirax blasts the comm and mocks her, causing Luke to be a dweeb and say something like, I like your Mirax a whole bunch, Corin. Oh my god, Luke. <laughs> uh, pe- some people actually got real mad about my Luke Skywalker as a dweeb tweet. <laughs> Wait, really? But he is such a dweeb. He's a dweeb. He's a dweeb. It's he not a dweeb. bad thing. He's just a dweeb. I love dweebs. That's he's why I pure. love Luke. Yeah. He's a little bun. Squish his cheeks. As they get closer to the grand audience chamber, the Sarai Kara and five remaining Genesari face them. The Sarai Kara challenges Corrin and a bunch of stuff happened. No. Um, and one of them has to die. Blah, blah, blah. And her five students will keep Luke busy. They fight, and Corrin is actually about to die when he projects an image of Nikos Tyrus over himself, making her hesitate enough for Mirax to stun her a couple times with her blaster. Luke needs no help dealing with younglings. Nico's Tyrus again? We'll find out. Don't worry. Oh, okay. Tavira's coming after them with the backstab, uh, but the air adventure pops in the system with some X-Wings. Unfortunately, Booster doesn't actually have as much firepower as an Impstar Deuce should, and they really need to make Tavira leave before she vapes him. Corrin pushes into her mind and tricks her into seeing a New Republic Superstar Destroyer instead of the Errant Venture, so she turns and runs. Things, then, fall into place super easy. The rogues ended up on Corcus thanks to the Elder Kraken, and when Booster got there, he was able to get the information from Jacob Knive, a Star Wars character, and he gave the rogues a ride to that planet that I won't say again. Corcus! No, Corcus is fine. The rogues Plus the survivors on the and the other strongest invids who defected, including Colonel Gert, which I thought was a good come around, um, make it to the ground and quell any of Tavira's stragglers. They meet with Tycho and they quickly work out a deal so the survivors can keep their ships and stay on that planet. Elagos also remarks that this is a nice place, better than Curl Care. Harold, oh gosh, and they <laughs> may move some of the Kamasi remnant there too. With those two groups, they'll be a strong colony that will probably petition for admission to the New Republic. Then they go inside and deal with Sarai Kar, who doesn't understand why her and her students aren't dead. Turns out, her master, Nikos Ter, that's name I just said, I already forgot. <laughs> um, Nikos Tyrus. Uh, already lost my place, doesn't matter. Oh, um, was the Jedi that Neha had slain and who had killed him in return um, in the flashback dream that Corrin had many moons ago. It was also her husband. Uh, her, her husband was also murdered at the time, which is why she hates the Jedi so much and says the Jensari are the true line of the Jedi. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. Elagos offers that this is one side of the truth, but there's another one. He'll share his memory of that day with Corrin, who will project it to her, Luke, and the students' minds. It's the same battle, but from 
Yelenic Itkla's point of view, showing Neha as a hero and the dome collapsing on accident, killing her husband and her friends. Turns out the Jensari are taught from Sith traditions, uh, but without the actual hook and lore to the dark side. They kept to themselves to keep themselves safe, not, and so they're not bad at all because they don't actually tap into the dark side. Luke invites them to come and learn more about other Jedi cultures and traditions, and they may consider the offer. Corrin comes to see Luke after a couple days of banging Mirax. <laughs> he tells him that he can't come back to the Jedi Academy, and Luke says he was going to ask Corrin not to. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Last time Corrin was there, people got murdered. It was bad. <laughs> it was all good. Mainly, it's because Corrin is trained, and he'd be wasting his time there. That's just what Luke is saying. He has to be a nice boy. That would be a nice boy. Uh, Corrin explains that he can't come back because being in Rogue Squadron as Corrin Horn is where he'll be able to do the most good. He can help the New Republic in a capacity that Luke often gets called away to do. Plus, he can start his family. Corrin does ask for one favor from Luke. Corrin is back in his X-Wing on Yavin 4. He successfully blows up Exar Kun's temple. The end. See, I feel like that was being like, look, we still remember what happened earlier on this book and we're wrapping it up now, but not really. No. That, I'm so glad this is over. Holy shit. <laughs> it was a book that you can't I even didn't say read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't live this pain and suffering. You could have stopped at any time. <laughs> I could have, but I didn't. Just like, wanted didn't. To, just, I have, she's a good daughter. <laughs> I wanted to suffer with my friends. Wait, I want validation too. You're, you've always been a good boy, Danny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bless. Well, it's over. We're free now. Yeah. How I does it feel? I can't believe I read that. Also, <laughs> I remember, I remember, is that the can't longest? I believe I read that a second time. Is that the longest so Legends many... book? It's definitely the longest book we've done so far. It's the longest book we've done. It's definitely not the longest Legends book, though. Oh my god, there's longer ones? Yeah, but yeah. they're probably better. Nah. Isn't there a book called Star by Star that's like 600 some pages? Star by or Star is very long and it is also very good. It's like the mid turning point of the New Jedi Order. I mean, a lot of people told me that about I Jedi though, so. <laughs> yeah, they so many all, people told I didn't me. Tell you about that, but don't listen no, some, to so many people told me that I would like Corrin after reading this book. They're wrong. And I dislike him even more now yeah, who like, like i didn't think that was possible but it happened was it nancy did nancy tell you <laughs> no it was i don't remember this was ages ago but this was a lot of people it was more than one person they were all wrong and i'm calling you all out because you were all lying to yeah me. i do not feel bad for ruining childhoods with this one like this book is terrible <laughs> it's not a good book i'm sorry all but it's it's bad plus Speaking of ruining childhoods, should we do listener questions? Yeah. Um, last time we asked, did we answer this? No, we did not. not yet. Oh, okay. When was the last time we actually answered a listener question on the episode that we asked it? Never. That's true. Right. Yeah. Um, last week we asked, if you had a ship in the Star Wars universe and named it a totally normal modern day language phrase, just spelled in an absurd way, what would you name it? My ship would be called A Slender Lady, but all the vowels are replaced with Y's. I hate, I hate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Mine's kind of similar to that. It's double tap, but it's dublu toop because it's all replaceable. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I wanted from this was you hating it. 
Doobly toop. <laughs> I honestly didn't think of one, so I can't answer this question. That's fair. That's Mine fair. would be called the Somebody Once Told Me. <laughs> it would just be spelled in a weird way. I'm not sure how, but that's what it would be called. <laughs> S-U-M-B-U-D-I space. <clears throat> I don't know how to change once. We'll figure w- it out. W-U-N-C-E. Okay. Let's go on. <laughs> Oh my god, some of these are really good. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, really some of them are good. All right. <laughs> Don't read ahead. Yeah. Spoiler alert over here. Odie McOatface said, Clearly, I must call my not a smuggling yacht the wild card. <laughs> the way it's spelled is so good. <laughs> I feel like for this to work, we have to like say how it's spelled. I guess, yeah. We did not think this through at all. <laughs> Yeah, this is a this is a visual. <laughs> <laughs> but still, saying some of these is going to be good. Yeah. Um, W-Y-L-D-E-E card. Ah, Elliot. So, why with an umlaut? I think that's a double. Yeah. Top, yeah. and then the accent upwards on the E. The second E. <laughs> yeah, the second E. I've forgotten the name for that. I should remember it because I know French, but I, I don't. I do it. not know French, so I can't help you. Ben Warman said... Uh, I view punny starship names as being on par with bad vanity license plates. That said, mine would be the Rouge Squadron, purposely <laughs> for people who can't spell and don't know how to count. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's good. Just a pork boy said, my ship would be the dimmer switch, and it would have really good mood lighting on board. Aww. And that's D-Y-M-M-E-R-E-S-W-Y-T-C-H. He's the wise in there. That's very Star Wars. Yep. So many wise. <laughs> <laughs> this one's really good. It's so good. Tom the fanboy said, my ship would be a rare model Y33T Corellian tanker. Call sign Disbit Chempty. <laughs> I'll Disbit let you Chimpty. all. Yeah. Yeet. <laughs> This bitch empty. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> I love the use of the Y33T. That's really good. Ship kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. It's a video. Do, it. do I have to spell that one? <laughs> I feel like I'm on a spelling bee. <laughs> Gotta do it. Spell that bee. Um, this bitch empty is spelled D I S B I T. C-H-E-M-P-T-Y. Disbit. Chempty is such a good word. <laughs> Chempty. Chempty is so good. Sil uh, said, my ships with awful names would be titled The I Give You and The Bad Feelings. Uh, oh. <laughs> yes. I Give You Bad Feelings. It's good. Um, I Give You is... E-Y-E-G-I-V-E-E-W-E. Good. Bad feelings. <laughs> B-A-D-F-I-L-I-N-G-S. I straight up did not know what those were trying to say until you actually read them out loud. And that was yeah, me too. I was, I was feeling anxious about that one. <laughs> Knowing that I do have to read them out loud. <laughs> I'm glad I got through it. Um, next up, we have Suara. He said... My ship would be Bail Organa and Plo Koon, a.k.a. Kale. Not that kind of ship. Suara did not understand the question. 
clearly just wanted a chance to evangelize about kale. <laughs> you missed the modern phrase in there. Kale is just a word. Also, that even that is a stretch for like the ship name of these characters. It's so hot, buddy. But this is not correct. Like you took the first half of the last name and mixed it with the last half of the first name. Like that's just, that's not how ship names work, buddy. There are no rules in ship names. There are really no rules. In this ship is name. either going to be Bo or Kugana. Like Kugana, no, that's no. not how it works. It's absolutely it's plail. Works, it's plail. Blow. Plail. I like Plogana. Yeah, yeah Plogana's good. good. Plogana. Plogana's good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Swara, you're wrong. <laughs> sorry, boy. Anyway. <laughs> I ship said... Swara with being wrong. <laughs> wow. My ship name is Swarong. Swarong. <laughs> Swarong, obviously. <laughs> the ship name. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Swara. <laughs> Dinner leader said my ship would be a very fast getaway vessel called the North Anks. Oh. <laughs> Its name would double as my response to anyone trying to fight me. <laughs> I no really fact. like that. Man, did I like that. Yeah, DL needs a fast getaway ship. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Hey, you need to spell that. I do. K-N-O-W-T-H-A-N-X. The North Anks. And that's really cute. I did not. That was another one I didn't get into. You said it out loud. Bitfire said she gave us a whole list. The Fool's Paradise. These are more puns than um, just spelling. So I don't think I'm going to spell these out. I don't know the next. (laughs) This is what I. I'm going to say them out loud, see if it works. What a (laughs) Ethor? I don't know that. I don't get that one. Oh, could it be like what an eyesore? Oh, Ithor, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's good. Gotcha. I got you. I got you, Spitfire. Yeah. To change. Good. <laughs> Seriesite. What is that one? I don't get it. None of us get it either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that one. Seriesite? I feel like I'm not smart enough for this. Is it like Australian? Like, Siri is all right. Seriesite? <laughs> <laughs> That's not a phrase in Australia, Jenny. That's just reading the words that are there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's going to be really funny when it's like just us four who don't get it. Yeah. (laughs) And and everyone else, the second they hear us say it, they're going to be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. That's real funny. That's real good. And we're just like, what is it? I am not. Anyway. Sorry, Spitfire, please help us. Please help me. Then we have the Abbott face. I like that. And then Spitfire's favorite, the Antilles heel. It's a medical frigate. That's really good. Heel as in like healing. It's good. good. It's real good. That one's really good. Jay said, I would name a ship (laughs) Sazwa C said. (laughs) Naturally, I I would like. figure out. What Naturally, I would let anyone ride it. <laughs> I could not know what that was. It's so good. Bless. <laughs> Bless. 
Oh, so good. All these responses, like, this is a game, isn't it? Like, there's an old board game where it's, like, phrases like this where you can't tell what it is until you say it out loud and it sounds like a different thing. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. What is that game called? I don't know, but I was always really bad at it. Yeah. Hmm. Heath, you gotta spell out Jay's one, because it's just, it's impressive. Oh, yeah. It is. (laughs) T-H-A-Z-W-A. And then the last, the second word is C-S-E-D. Sazwa C said. <laughs> Amazing. Um, glistening Bodhi. Oh, because it's like that's what she said. Yes. Oh, Danny. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Absolutely, Tom the fanboy gets the glistening yeah. Bodhi. Yeah. Chimpy. Yeah. So good. Chimpy. But also, smaller glistening Bodhi to Jay because that's good. And Spitfire had some really good. Yeah, yeah. Spitfire stumped us. <laughs> yeah, correct. So that's good. Amazing. Everyone did great. Everyone did real good. Um, I don't know what to ask this week. Do we bother with a question this week? Are we coming back at you time soon? <laughs> when are we back? <laughs> I mean, that's up to you folks. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm ready to go. This is the last episode, right? <laughs> What was your favorite Rogue Padron memory? No no reason why we're asking. Just no. like, you know, it's all good. <laughs> also, Danny, your use of the past tense there is really good. <laughs> not what no. is your favorite Rogue Padron memory. What was, <laughs> what was your it? favorite okay, we're not, memory? We're not ending yet. This book may have killed us, but we're continuing on. Yeah, we're just zombies. Don't worry about it. It's, we're like Zombie Lou Jane now. Yeah. Zombie Lou Jane Padron. We we will let you know a listener question once we decide when we are coming back. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yes. All right. You can hit us up at Twitter. Uh, just <laughs> we for anything. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just we'll general... just let you know what the question is if we ever decide to record another <laughs> episode. <laughs> Jenny, we haven't had a family meeting about when we're doing episodes. Yeah, business meeting. Oh, boy. Hey, do y'all want to listen to that? <laughs> Maybe we'll do a question one day. All right. Well, look at us on Twitter. Maybe our question should be, what should our question be? Yeah. I'm going to hijack this Twitter account and just complain that everybody speaks over me. I'm kidding. <laughs> Let me do my outro. It's the only job I have. We haven't come up with a question yet. You don't need a question. It's fine. The question is, what should the question be? <laughs> oh. We're not allowed to abuse our listeners like this. Aren't we? What? We're, that's no, we giving are. them more power than they've ever had. <laughs> that's the bad thing. That's what we shouldn't give them. Oh. We basically just signed RoguePod up for Curious Cat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we just did. The listener question is ask us go us a question. Oh my god, that should be our question though. That would be really cool. <laughs> ask us a question. Are we doing it? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Hey. Yeah. Wait, I was so, serious about that from the get go. Oh, sorry, Danny. Uh. <laughs> oh, now it's me. Okay. <laughs> Wait, no, he has to officially ask yeah, us. Oh, I give. Oh, you gotta do it. You have to, like, well, I'm not yeah. editing this. They know what the question is. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got to say it officially to make it a thing. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. All right, listeners, this week's question is ask us a question. <laughs> and now it's official. And now, now, now you can do it. Now you're yeah. allowed to do it. 
And you can do it on Twitter at Rogue Podron. You can also just, you know, tell us how much you hated IGN as well. Don't don't add us if you like it because we don't care. <laughs> Email us at roguepodron at gmail.com. Subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes or the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Feedburner, or Google Play. And we have no iTunes review from some of this week, which is disappointing, honestly. You all need to step up and give us some good reviews because we need them. Please. This book has been really long and really hard and we need some good feedback to keep us going because so, we're dying here I'm so hungry <laughs> i'm so hungry i need those stars don't give us one star reviews though we don't want those just good no. ones thanks not enough or, pro- not enough protein in a one star review yeah we can't share a one star that easily <laughs> one quarter portion <laughs> <laughs> That means one of us... No, no, that's right. Nope. (laughs) All right. So, listeners, our lovely, lovely listeners, if you are, for whatever reason, still listening to this, we get prepared because the next book we're going to be doing on Rogue Padron is X-Wing, Starfighters of Adumar. Oh, it's finally happening. Finally happening. Woo! Woo! I don't yeah. think anyone really wants us to read this book. We should just skip to Darksaber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone seems real, like, lo- like, they seem like they don't care about this book and they don't care about us reading this book. I haven't seen anybody yeah. who wants us to actually read this book. I've heard it's not that great. It's I like- think this book is really important for us to understand the old expanded universe. That worries me so much, Uh Nick. (laughs) So much. Speaking my language. (laughs) Very, very important and very crucial to the timeline and the larger events of the galaxy. Does Corrin become relatable? Does he? (laughs) Oh, no. We'll find out. We'll find out sometime soon on Rogue Quadrant. Pew, 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 pew. This is... Oh my gosh, this is a rogue Oh, oh, sorry. Signing off, hash out. Pew, 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 pew. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off.